I'm the executive producer of this, the world's only strip club haunted house. Uh, it's right here in Portland in Spice. Happens once a year for about seven days, the end of uh, October. Every year is a different theme. This is the fourth annual one, and it's uh, Dicky Wonka's Haunted Strip Club Factory. So it's a Dicky right. Wonka theme. Portland is the strip club capital of the United States. More strip clubs than anywhere else uh, per capita. We have really relaxed rules here. You're not gonna, you know, I've been all over the country and the majority of places, I'd say 90% of other places do not have full nudity and alcohol in the same place. We have gambling, you know, with video poker and then actual real poker at some establishments. And then we also have, you know, like two girl dances and wild kind of shows that you would never see anywhere else in America. We have this great thriving industry and there's no one that you can point the finger at and be like, that's the guy, you know? And so I was like, I could be that guy. Yeah, yeah, I totally saw it. I was like, I could be, you know, sure there was a lot of club owners and DJs and bouncers that slept with a lot of dancers or or they were real cool or they were friends with a celebrity or something and their name kind of rang bells. But no one really uh, essentially encompassed the entire industry. And I saw a void for that and an opportunity to um, capitalize on that. I just began kind of scratching and pawing at it. I started DJing at, at strip clubs. And I thought at the time I was I was pretty ignorant, and I assumed just being the coolest strip club DJ would be enough to <laughs> encapsulate that and to capitalize on that. But uh, I was uh, I was sadly mistaken <laughs> because in Portland it's not like a major market like Houston or Atlanta where you could be a strip club DJ and make like a hundred thousand dollars in a year. Or, you know, if you really get on top in Portland, the ceiling is relatively low, and there's not much more you can do about it. I realized rather quickly that the the next level and the final level was event promotions because there's something that's entirely infinite. I'm Gregory Day, you're listening to pdxpodcast.com. At the top of the show, you heard DJ Dick Hennessy, Oregon's premier adult event promoter and host. Dick's been featured on Tosh.0 and the Broadly division of Vice magazine and shares more on his Halloween event in the following. My vision at the time was it wasn't like to actually create a legitimate haunted house. It was just to have kind of a spooky Halloween type party upstairs at Spice because it was already kind of creepy up there and kind of haunted and old Portland, you know, downtown flavor. And so I just wanted to kind of, you know, embellish that and make something fun out of it, you know, because for years I would never, ever do anything in October. Like I would do events every other month, but October I felt like there was so much competition that I would just be swimming against the tide and, and just spinning my wheels and there was no way I could compete with Things like the erotic ball, right, and, right, you know, exactly. and and the million other parties that are going on, you know, costume parties and everything like that. So it honestly, it kind of worked out perfectly because now, you know, essentially when it comes to the adult industry and things that are really kind of cutting edge and interesting in Portland, we own it. Like there is nothing more enticing and interesting than the strip club haunted house. It's a huge thing. 
You know, it's we your squad. No, it's me, and, me and Matt Doss, the owner of uh, Spice Gentlemen's Club. Uh, we're co-owners of the Strip Club Haunted House. Basically, I come up with the, I do, I handle promotions. Uh, I handle the marketing aspect of everything and the creative concepts. And he handles the majority of just the finances. Yeah. And so we come together. And what happened is the first year we had this idea, and then I started pushing him a little bit, and he started pushing me back, and I was like, okay, you know, I see where this, so yeah, yeah, okay, well, you, oh, you're going to do this, well, I'm going to do this, and so we just kept pushing each other harder and harder to where something extremely magical occurred, and we created Portland history, and each year since then, it's grown exponentially, uh, and we're going into the fourth year, it's been extremely successful, and, um, you know, it's kind of like the saying, only steel can sharpen steel, and so... When I saw that his heart was into it, and he was serious about it, and he dedicated his time and his life into it the same way I was doing, it just made me want to go harder, which in turn made him want to go harder, and we were able to create magic. Essentially, lightning in a bottle. I would like to hear about your, uh, <laughs> your super squad, DJ Kegels, DJ Pussyfoot. And who are these characters? <laughs> yeah, so essentially, my brand is, as far as me DJing, being a strip club DJ, I've, it's been so long since I've DJed on a regular basis. I'm just fully all promotional now. Even though I love DJing to death, I'll be DJing my birthday party at Spice on November 1st. But I don't really get an opportunity. I'm not in-house DJ anymore, so I don't get to do it as much as I would love to. Um, but because my brand is established as, you know, as such and I have such a wide spectrum and a foundation of connections throughout the industry um, I, about a year ago I was in Mexico and it just dawned on me that I could begin to create other universes other than my own under my umbrella and so DJ Pussyfoot was the first idea and that's a completely anonymous DJ he wears a mask uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, he's completely anonymous. The mask lights up. It can do any kind of different, you know, it's a custom-made th mask, and uh, he's got all sorts of gadgets and high-tech things, and it's just extremely you, futuristic. You came up with this concept? Yeah, I came up with the concept, but we, we, we actually came up with it together. Essentially what it is is like a celebrity DJ, uh, a celebrity kind of Las Vegas-style strip club DJ. It's something that you do not see up here at all. Totally Vegas. Yeah. Totally Vegas. Absolutely. And uh, I just Vegas like, and you right now, I think, with your look. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> the cowboy hat. <laughs> well, I, I just was in Vegas for the exact dancer expo. So, and I got Breast of the West, the finals on Thursday. So, I'm, I'm in the. Uh, I'm playing the role right now, the cowboy, the, the breast sheriff. And the thing is, you know, and I don't want to dissuade anyone from you know, attempting to do things in the industry, but it's extremely challenging. And you mentioned uh, that. In fact, just today you, you made this Facebook post. Anyone who's ever set out to do something great will tell you that the road is paved with potholes of self-doubt, yep. plenty of detours, and numerous roadblocks. That's correct. Where'd this come from, this, this nugget of wisdom? <laughs> Actually, uh, last night I was reading uh, the autobiography of Jay Prince. It's a very compelling book. I don't Jay know. Prince? Yeah, Jay Prince. Uh, he's the... Owner of Rap a Lot Records. Do you based read a lot of Houston. biographies? I, I try to. I do. Yeah. I read a lot of them. Yeah. 
I'm really into them. I mean, they're extremely intriguing because it's the same thing every time. It's someone that, yeah, and, you know, you wouldn't be reading their autobiography if they weren't established and did something significant. So there's a lot to be learned by reading autobiographies. Um, but this particular one, which I highly recommend, is uh, Jay Prince. Uh, I believe it's called Pot, like The Art of Power and Respect. And, you know, here's a self-made millionaire and uh, a music industry mogul uh, based out of Houston, Texas. And just, uh, I just can't put it down. It's an incredible book. And uh, that's one of the passages he says in there. And it just really resonated with me. And, um, I mean, anyone that's really tried to follow their dreams and been even semi-successful at it, it establishing and, and building and, and, well, and the going the journey. The part really resonated with me. I think that's a sign. I've read that if you have a lot of self-doubt, that's actually a sign that you actually care and that you are actually on the right path. competitions that I do every year. This year is the sixth annual Best Breast of the West. It's essentially the most vanilla of the competitions that I do, meaning that I could probably do it in any state, anywhere. Ironically, when I developed it eight years ago, um, I, thought it, I thought it already had been done before. You know, the idea came to me and I was like, it, it sounded so familiar to me that I thought it had to have been done, you know? Best Breast of the West contest, like, and I looked nice it up. Ring to it. Yeah, I looked it up, and it had never been done before. So I was like, "Well, I'm doing this." And uh, I did it. it; was a huge success. And I actually have a DVD of it from the first year. It was the Stars Beaverton before they were out of business. And um, since then, it's grown. Uh, just like everything, I've continuously tried to grow everything. This year, uh, we're in the sixth annual, and uh, it was at four preliminary clubs and the fifth, the final club will be this Thursday at Club Sigrun. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just, it's all about breasts, you know. Um, and it's a Western theme. I like to not just be one-dimensional about things, you know. So we throw in that Western aspect, which you see the hat and the bolo tie. Um, I just like to have fun with it. You know, I, I try to create something magical. Really, there's been so many love connections and just connections with people in general at my events. Love you know, connections. I, yeah, man, I've seen people come to my events and everyone's having a great time. Yeah. And the the vibe is positive, you know, and it, for some reason, you know, that right there, if you meet a, a nice lady, whether she's dancing or in the audience or judging or bartending, whatever it is, it just kind of, uh, the you know, the ice is broken essentially right when you're you you and another person are there so it's really i've seen a lot of things just expand very rapidly in terms of uh, relationships and connections and people just really um, vibing with each other other than best breast of the west i have a lot of other events that i do every year um the main one being the vagina beauty pageant which just wrapped up the ninth annual that's right yes next year will be the 10th annual we also vaginapageant.com. do yeah, vagina pageant.com yeah vagina is my website also the vagina mobile my promotional vehicle um which is 
very widely known and respected. Um, I also I mean, it's been on television, this thing. Yeah, Tash.0 multiple times. Yeah, he said, uh, I think the first <laughs> year it was doesn't have that new car smell. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next year it was, there she is, Miss Americant. But it's been, I mean, and that's just what I know about. Like, it's been on Reddit, like, a ton of times. It's all over the place, like, as it should be. That's what I set out to accomplish, and it's just right there for people. In this day and age, everyone, every day, is anticipating, just can't wait on pins and needles to take a picture of something cool to post on social media. Everyone, I mean, everyone's just programmed and brainwashed to do that. Yeah, so I provide that to them on a silver platter. And and I could go on and on about the pajama pageant, but uh, the other events I'm doing are... In January will be the sixth annual Pirates of the Care Booty Competition, and that's my pirate theme booty contest. Extremely popular. Um, <laughs> again, with the themes. Uh, I also do Miss TNA, which is a combination of TNA, tits and ass. And yeah, <laughs> I do Double Trouble, which is uh, the definitive two girl team competition. Uh, we also do Polarotica, which is a combination of me and Exotic Magazine, which is the biggest pole competition, biggest nude pole competition on the West Coast. And then we also do Miss Exotic Oregon, which is coming up um, next month, which is Miss Nude Oregon. And then I just reestablished after seven years, I brought it back, Ink and Pink, which is the biggest nude tattoo now, dancer competition. Ink and Pink was the one that I knew uh, I attended once. Um, really? That was the big one in my crowd. I, I was sort of hanging out with the goths. Okay. And we were, they were really into Ink and Pink because that's sort of very alternative. Yeah, yeah. Tattoo dancer competition. That's right up yes. the alleyway for alternative. Right. How long has Ink and Pink been going on? A long time, but it actually Great took name. a... I mean, it's so catchy. Yeah, you just have a knack for coming up with catchy names for these. Well, it took a seven-year hiatus. You know, it took a long time before I was able to start doing the Exotic Magazine events, which I was able to merge successfully with them um, five years ago. And now, you know, we're going into Miss Exotic Oregon. And Ink and Pink was one of those events, but they stopped doing it. And they stopped doing it for a long time, seven years. And, and every year, because there's so many tattoo dancers that are so talented and skilled... And they they're like, when is that coming back? When are we gonna do it? And uh, I'd be like, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get it back. I'm trying to get it back. So this year I was able to get it back, but it kind of came at the price of pushing myself extremely to the limit because the only time we could do it within schedule wise was the exact same time that I was doing the vagina pageant and the biggest vagina pageant, the ninth annual. So I had to do that simultaneously with resurrecting Ink and Pink, and I had to make sure that. Ink and Pink was successful to continue to do it year after year after now, after I reestablished it. So it was a, the most work I've ever done, and I'm glad. You know, I love hard work more than anything, but it's an extremely daunting task. How much do you work? All the time. That's all I do. Again, all the time? <laughs> again, like I said, I have no... no day off? No, there's no day off. I don't have, I have no girlfriend, no wife, no kids, no drug, you know, no drug addiction or habit. Uh, literally, I wake up and this is, I just dedicate my life to it. You know, I'm trying to lead by example. You know, I feel that, especially right now, so much, so many eyes are on Portland after you know the advent of Portlandia and just many other things that we have here. But it's finally getting its just dues. And right now is a gigantic construction boom, unlike anything I've ever seen in my life here. So it's the perfect time to bring something to the table. And if you're uh, young, if you're creative, if you have a vision, now is the time to establish it and begin working on it because everything is plausible right now in Portland.
perfect example is my brother, uh, Nonstop. He's a famous producer now. He just produced a song on Drake's new album and uh, produced a song on Migos' new album and produced a song on Cardi's B, Cardi B's new album. And it's now a Mountain Dew commercial. And he's from Portland. Uh, and he was he was extremely talented. Like, back when I was involved in the music industry, uh, he was extremely talented, way more talented than I was. And I saw this, and just staying in Portland, it was kind of a dead end. He had to actually sacrifice everything and move his entire family to Atlanta to get to the point of where he's at now. And now he's very successful. And he, can, you know, he has the option to move back. Yeah. He can move back anytime. Because he's hit that threshold of success. Absolutely. And it's the same way, you know, not to say it's the same way with me with the adult industry because I'm still comfortable, I'm still growing comfortably. And the industry here is unlike anywhere else for the adult industry. Music industry is obviously way different. Um, But there is... in Vegas too, right? (laughs) Yeah. There's parallels to it though in terms of, you know, you can only make it so far in Portland at certain things. And essentially because there's just really not that much of an infrastructure for people that you know, are professional and creative, you know, unless it's specific things, you know, like let's say hypothetically you're doing a restaurant or a food cart or, you know, one of these things that in Portland there's a major market for and exponential growth, you know, possible for. But for certain things such as acting or the comedy or the music industry, you have to... You have to go to L.A., Atlanta. You have to go to one of the major hubs to advance rapidly rather than being the big fish in the small pond up here. I do everything that I do just to try to improve the quality of life in the city that I love. And, and really, when you die, that's the only material possession that you get to take with you is the legacy that you leave behind. What have you done to improve the lives of others? Other than that, it's all, it evaporates as nothing afterwards. So I, I look at it as the most valuable commodity that I have. I feel very wealthy in terms of that. And just the fact that I'm on position and on track to do something, you know, magical. Dick Hennessy, thank you so much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hope to do it again sometime. Today's show was produced and edited by Gregory Day, that's me. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can reach me at greg at pdxpodcast.com. We'll be back midweek. See you then.